what's going on. It's Sean and the Word. Um, for what we're doing, this is uh, I'm going to go over today uh, Divine Exchange Part 2. And what I'm looking to do in these, I would say, opening sessions or, or series or whatever you want to call them, episodes, um, I'm looking to kind of just archive some things that the Lord has done in my life. I know that some of the stuff, a lot of those who are listening probably has already heard, has already been involved in, and you're probably even one of the ones that I'm be speaking of. But um, what I really want to do is archive some of the events that the Lord has done in my life through my testimony so that, you know, for my children and could hear them when they grow up. And, and uh, I, I have mentors that I would have loved for them to have some things that was archived or put away that or recorded that I could listen to. So that's one of my number one goals at this point as we're uh, initially starting this project and uh, this work. And I uh, pray it's encouraging, but at the same time, it's also serving some other purposes. So today I'm going to talk about um, our sinfulness for his righteousness. And a long time, I mean, we throw these words out and and church i call it the churchanese <laughs> christianese uh we throw these words out there and a lot of times we don't define these words we don't let these words really take on the full essence of its meaning when we think of righteousness we think sometimes of just uh a attribute or quality that god uh, gives us or our allows us to partake in when we become his children we accept him by faith um that's really not the full definition. That's only part of it. You know, righteousness throughout Scripture, Hebrew and in Greek, and the understanding of the cultures and throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, what, what's really being said when you hear righteousness is being right with God, being in a right standing with God. By the blood of Jesus Christ, He gives us the right standing. He's tore down the veil. He, by faith in him, he has given us access into that relationship, but also doing right with God. And, you know, you get kind of attached under there with others as well, that he doesn't just put us in right relationship with him, but he gives us the ability to do right by him or for him. See, God's not into just saving us. I mean, I, I know that he wants us all. His heart is not that all that all should be saved and, and come to repentance. And that's his heart. But he's not just in the desire of saving. There's there's a grander scheme to, to, this, to this, this method that it's not just about him doing something in us and bringing us home with him, but he's doing something in us so he could do something through us. And that's really the essence of righteousness is that, we are in right by faith in Christ Jesus and the new birth. We are right in relationship with him, sons and daughters. Hallelujah. But by his Holy Spirit has given us the ability to be his witness and to do what's right in relationship with him and to others. And so when I came to Christ, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't understand any of that stuff. And boy, I came with a lot of baggage. You know, there's some things in my life that I had did them and I just never I had a lot of baggage. And when, when I first 
heard those words, as I said in the last episode, uh, from Mark chapter 1, you know, come follow me, I'll make you a fisherman. Sean, I'm wanting to transform your life. I want to do something in you and through you. And I, I didn't quite comprehend it all. And I didn't, honestly, I felt overwhelmed. I felt, man, how could God use me after all I've done, you know? <laughs> I mean, I was on probation still at that time, you know? I was at, still feeling as though I was at rock bottom, even though there was a stirring and a moving in my heart and my spirit to get out of that. And so the next morning I woke up and I had, I was addicted to dipping snuff, tobacco, Copenhagen. <laughs> and uh, I woke up the next morning, my, my dog had chewed my can of snuff that I had on the table, chewed and, and destroyed it all. It was all over the floor. And I had a couple of dollars on, on the table as well. My last little bit of money, enough to get some snuff. And uh, my mom had took that, and so I had no money, and I had no dip. And I'm like, man, what's happening here? <laughs> what's going on? And my my cousin comes, picks me up for work in the work truck, and we're riding. We barely get out of our subdivision, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, dude, man, I really feel that God wants me to do something for him. I really feel that the Lord wants me to serve him. And I'll never forget it. He he leans over in this long cab of the truck. It's just one long bench seat. And he leans over and he looks at me. And I'm leaning against the door of the passenger side and staring at him. And he says the most profound words that I've ever heard. Duh. <laughs> and and I just thought, well, how does he? He's like, you don't, you don't know this? How do you not know this? Everybody knows that God's doing something in your life that's really special. And he wants to use you. And I, I just, I could never see myself at that point. Man, how could God use me? I've messed up so much. I, I've come from an awful background of, of, of drugs, alcohol, and different types of sin, you know. And if I would have named them all, you wouldn't be listening. But if I knew what all you've done, you, I wouldn't want you to listen. <laughs> you know, we're all messed up. But I just never felt, I didn't feel worthy. And I begin to really understand this exchange that I'm going to share today. Our sinfulness, our sinful acts, our fleshly acts in exchange for his righteousness. Not just being in right relationship, but being able to do what's right with him and for him. The Apostle Paul obviously had some type of struggle as well. In Acts, Acts, we are introduced to the Apostle Paul as Saul. At that time, he's, he was breathing murderous thoughts to the brethren, to the people of the way. In Acts chapter 9, it records his testimony. And as it records his testimony, it talks about something so profound that we would really miss it. And it says that Paul meets Jesus. And as he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, Paul has all these, these priests and, and these leaders in great, agreement with him to be able at that time to take uh, this 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 drive this desire to go and persecute the church the early church the pe- the believers the people of the way and in doing so he had a great agreement he had certificates he had all rights and authority to go do that and he's on his way up to Damascus from Jerusalem it's not an easy road it's not an easy way but yet he's going, and as he's going, he meets Jesus. And Jesus tells him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Paul falls to the ground. He 
His eyes is blinded. He has this great light in front of him. And he hears this voice. Why are you persecuting me? And he's like, who are you, Lord? Who, who am I persecuting? Who are you? And he says, it is I, Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And this had to sink so deep within the Apostle Paul's heart. He, he thought in his mind he was doing the work of God, that he was actually about the business of God. But come to find out, he was working against God and working against the plans. He had, he was he was not only persecuting and bringing into captivity, but really like he was with Stephen, he was in agreement with their being killed, and probably some of them he was even involved in personally killing them. I mean, it was a, it was a tough tough man to do some things. So you could almost feel the shame and the guilt that overwhelmed him at that day, and he probably thought in his mind and his heart that he would never be able. to to do anything other than cry, weep, feel ashamed. But Jesus doesn't just say, hey, look, you're looking for those who are persecuting me, but I've been looking for you. I've come to you. And Jesus in his grace, this is where grace comes in. He tells them, I have a plan for you. Rise up and enter into the city of Damascus, and it shall be told you what you must do. And he goes into the city, and three days he's blinded there. And the Lord tells one of his followers, Hey, go into the city, the streets called straight, and tell Paul all that I have for him. Tell him that I'm going to use him. And this is overwhelming. That God could take somebody who was persecuting him. And, and it really what it says is that what Paul was doing was strictly against God. That his, his work in the flesh, his sinfulness was an attack on Jesus himself. That's an overwhelming thought. That our very fleshly nature, our sinful nature, is not just something that's for our, against us. It's against God and God alone. David said it against you and you alone, O Lord, have I sinned. This is a personal attack against you, Jesus. Paul had to be overwhelmed, had to think that he was unworthy to not only receive grace and forgiveness, but to be thought of as somebody that Jesus could use. This is where that exchange came in, where when the scales fell off of his eyes, this right standing was given to him. He was put in a right relationship with the Lord. And then he was given the ability to do what was right. And Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter chapter 1 verse 15 he says this is a trustworthy saying that Jesus saying that Jesus Christ came to save sinners which which I Paul am the worst I'm the chiefest. Paul understood grace that he came to save sinners he come to renew he come to to, to welcome us in and it, I'm the I'm the worst one I was the worst of the worst. And he also says in Philippians chapter 3 Paul says Man, the things that I did in the flesh, the accomplishments, the, the great things, man, they're like rubble. They're like dung. They don't mean anything. Uh, compared to knowing Christ, in verse 8 of chapter 3, he says, More than that, I count all things to be lost in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain him. Paul says, I'm working towards something that's way different than what I was working toward. See, what I was doing was sinful because it was in the flesh. It was my own ability, my own strength, my own understanding. But when I was made righteous, 
I am looking to do righteousness. There's this exchange. I have an opportunity to participate, not in my plans or my agenda or my own dreams, but I have an opportunity to participate in something that's far grander, far greater than I could ever imagine. It's Jesus's plans, his purpose, his agenda. That is righteousness. So that afternoon, as I was told my cousin that I felt that I was unworthy, and I mean, it was just overwhelming, I really had to go to the church that afternoon and talk to my pastor about this. And luckily, my pastor was there, and I walk in, and I, and I tell him, I said, man, I really feel like the Lord's calling me to serve him. The Lord's, I feel like the Lord's really calling me to, to be involved in ministry. And I said, the only thing I could think of is I'll mow the grass of the church for free. And he's like, all right, that's a good idea. So I started mowing the grass every week, sometimes twice a week, just to feel, you know, a sense of, hey, Lord, this is what I'm doing for you. It'll take me two, two and a half, three hours to do push push it every week. Uh, one, one time, two and a half hours, three hours to, to, to mow it. And I was doing it just to say, Lord, I love you. And if some person, someone could come to you from a nice cut yard at your church, Lord, then hallelujah. Well, uh, after some time, the pastor called me back into his office. We started visiting some family members and friends. We started leading a lot of my family members and friends to the Lord. God really started using us. And then uh, right after that, he calls me into the office again. And he says, Sean, the Lord is telling me that you need to start a youth group. And I'm like, uh, I felt like I was you know, being pushed into ministry already. And I thought the things that I was doing was quote unquote ministry. And I said, well, what, what, what should I do? How, how do you want me to start it? And to this day, I've been in colleges, seminaries, seminars, preaching sessions, mentored. The best advice I've ever had for serving God was this. He looked at me and he said, Pray pray for that is where we truly have the ability to comprehend righteousness to not only be in right relationship we have access to jesus but to be able to hear from him and to be led by him what do you want me to do how do you want me to do it and as you uh, serve the Lord as you look to serve the Lord. Maybe this this episode finds you as you're saying, God, I really feel like you're calling me into something grander than I could ever imagine. What does that look like? My advice to you, pray. The Apostle Paul went down to Arabia and spent some time there. I believe he spent some time just seeking God. Saying, Lord, I know that I'm in right relationship with you. I know what it means to be forgiven. I know what it means to to be saved and now I'm seeking you Lord what is it that you want and as he told him on that street called straight I got a plan for you you'd have to dream other dreams not your own not your own agenda not your own ambitions not to try to look at the world and say this is what I should have or shouldn't have but to look at the cross to look at the souls of men and the glory of God. Your sinfulness for his righteousness. 
being in right standing with him and having the ability to do what's right. The divine exchange. Father, we love you. And I pray for for those who are listening, God. I pray, Lord, that we would set in your presence, Lord, that we would not just be about being busy because we've always done something or we've always been involved in this or that, but, Lord, that we would be obedient. Lord, that we would know that the only thing that matters in this world is what you've told us to do and led us to accomplish, that you've provided for us to even be involved in. Your righteousness. Being right with you, Lord, and doing what's right for you and with you and in you. Holy Spirit, living God, bless your people. Encourage them even today, Lord. Some of us are quarantined and locked in our houses because of this COVID-19. Lord, what does it mean for us, Lord, even now, God, to be what, to be right, to be to do what's right in you, Lord? God, what does it mean to, to stand in the gap in prayer and to be a blessing to our children and our families and to our friends and neighbors? Show us, Lord, by your power, lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining me. God bless you all the way. See you again soon. Sean and the words.